0: Welcome to AMDG. I'm Mike Jordan Lasky. We have a special show today. Our guest is Sister Jean Delore Schmidt, or Sister Jean as she's usually known, who was the chaplain of the Loyola Chicago men's basketball team and uh, found instant fame overnight a couple of years ago. Uh, when Loyola Chicago made a run to the final four, she served as the team chaplain for a number of years and really just kind of captivated the whole world uh, during that tournament run for Loyola with her joy and her humor and the way she so clearly cared about uh, the student athletes she was serving and accompanying so we're really excited to have her come on for a conversation in advance of her one hundredth birthday. Sister Jean turns one hundred on august twenty first and we have a special guest host with me today to interview sister Jean so we have Deanna Howes-Spyro here on the line. Uh, Diana serves in communications for the Association of Jesuit Colleges and Universities. So, Deanna, how are you today?
1: I'm great, Mike. Thank you so much for having me join you as a guest host. I'm very excited about uh, helping you to interview Sister Jean today. This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: So tell me a little bit about uh, AJCU. What what do you all do?
1: Sure. So the Association of Jesuit Colleges and Universities, also known as AJCU, is the umbrella organization for the twenty seven Jesuit colleges and universities in the United States. We also have three associate members across the world: in Campion uh, College in Canada, um, Australia, and in, in Belize. So we're very proud of them too. But we, as an association, provide a number of services for our schools. We. Lobby on their behalf to the federal government in order to obtain more campus-based funding for all of them and we serve their interests here in Washington DC. In My role of communications, um, I put out a weekly e-newsletter and a monthly online magazine telling you all the latest news that you could possibly know from the 27 Jesuit colleges and universities Do a little bit of social media and event planning and work with our conferences and also uh, support the Jesuit educated campaign. If you search for the hashtag graduate educated on social media, the chances are good that you'll see uh, something coming from one of our schools. It took off about four years ago when we did a campaign for Pope Francis, and we've been excited that it's still around. And then other things that the association does is we are very focused on providing formation opportunities for the lay men and women who serve all of our schools as faculty and staff. So we do that through the Ignatian Colleagues Program and through the Jesuit Leadership Seminar. Uh, we do quite a lot all in the service of our schools, and it's a great organization to work for and great to be your neighbor just up the street.
0: Yeah, thanks, Diana. And are you yourself Jesuit educated? I'm sure that's a tricky
1: question. <laughs> yes, it's a great question. Actually, I am a very proud Jesuit educated alumna of Fordham University. That's my alma mater. And I also serve as president of the DC Jesuit alumni chapter.
0: Nice. So a shout out to the Rams. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, one of the cool things that <laughs> one of the cool things AJCU does is uh, a focus on Jesuit basketball during the the basketball season, since that's such a big tradition at so many Jesuit colleges and universities. Uh, and, and so kind of, I know you've been involved with that uh, to help get the word out about Jesuit hoops uh, during that season. And also one cool fact about you and Jesuit basketball is uh, that you've sung the national mm-hmm. anthem at a couple, at least uh, different Jesuit basketball games. So tell us. Sure.
1: About that. Uh, well, first things first, the Jesuit Basketball Spotlight is indeed a program that is sponsored by AJCU. We launched it during the 2008 and 2009 basketball season. And basically, it was uh, designed to recognize that every year, nearly 100 basketball games, uh, both men's and women's games, are played by Jesuit schools. So in the Big East Conference alone, you're always going to see um, a number of games played by Creighton, Georgetown, Xavier, and Marquette. But even schools in the preseason often tend to play each other. There's a really tremendous tradition of basketball um, for Jesuit schools and actually for Catholic schools in in general. I know for you as a Notre Dame grad, um, that there's a great tradition there um, for Catholic basketball. So, through this program, um, we've been able to do some really fun things over the past few years. We had a big Jesuit basketball classic night at Gonzaga two years ago when they played Creighton. And then last year, Creighton returned. In the favor as it was a home and home series in Omaha and some members of the JBS committee and I were able to fly out both to Spokane and then again to Omaha to have a Jesuit basketball table. We produced a video uh, that showed highlights of, of basketball and school um, events on our campuses. And that was really great. We had really fun Jesuit educated sunglasses and posters listing all of the games. And uh, yes, as you mentioned, I did proudly sing the national anthem uh at both venues, which was a really, really great thrill and a great honor for me too. And uh, this March, I got to sing at Loyola Chicago uh, for their final men's home game of the season. And while I was there, I had a chance to chat with Sister Jean and that was just fantastic. And she's a delightful person and uh, is a great champion for Jesuit basketball too.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I can't imagine what that would be like. It's a hard song to sing the national anthem and you're standing in front of a lot of fans uh, who are there uh, in like the quietest the arena will be all day. Super stressful, but that just shows the kind of poise uh, that you have. So hopefully we'll bring some of that poise into talking now to a hero of mine, Sister Jean. So uh, let's give her a call and uh, talk to her about what it means to be turning 100. Pretty, uh,
1: I know. It's incredible. And she, she looks amazing, too. She's just an incredible person. And we are really blessed to have her uh, not only in the Jesuit AJCU network, but I think the whole world is blessed to have Sister Jean. We just need more people like her with her enthusiasm and her faith. She's just an amazing person.
0: All right. So our conversation with Sister Jean right after the break. Well, Sister Jean, thank you so much for joining us on the AMDG podcast today. Uh, How are you doing this afternoon?
2: I'm doing quite well, especially since you said you're having all that mugginess. We're, We're in good shape here in Chicago today.
0: Oh, I know Chicago is a beautiful place for a lot of the summer. So a little jealous there. Uh, so we're, we're chatting today because you are coming up on a big birthday, uh, number 100, which is unbelievable. So as you approach that big day on August 21st, uh, what are your thoughts or feelings? What's going through your head when you think about that?
2: Well, I come from good genes. My dad's family <laughs> all, all lived a long time. Uh, but only until only until 90, uh, 95 years old. So as I got closer to 95, I thought, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. But everything's in the Lord's hands. One never knows when he says, this is the end. I need you here. So then I'd have to go. But it's fun to be 100. I've known a couple other people who have been are 100, and that gives me a little more confidence in what I can do, too.
1: Well, that's great to hear. Um, part of your uh, many years on this earth have been spent at Loyola University, Chicago. So I wonder if you could talk just a little bit about some of your favorite memories um, from the years that you've spent at Loyola um, and a little bit about sort of your favorite aspect of what it means to be at a Jesuit institution for so long.
2: Well, I've actually, I was sent to Mundelein first in 1961 The Mundelein was uh, owned and operated at that time by the Sisters of Charity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And then in 1991, we affiliated with Loyola. However, we always had contact with the Jesuits here. And so we've had some great speakers here all the time. We had the Dalai Lama. We had all kinds of um, performances by our students in fine arts. We've had great basketball players beginning with a class of 19... 63, which class I watched on a little 11 and a half inch black and white TV and saw them win the national championship. That was a great thrill in my life because I used to come over here and watch them play different games when they were um, struggling. And then when they got the championship and we were the only ones in Illinois who ever have, we were just ecstatic. And so I was even a part of Loyola at that time, it seems to me. And then when we, as the final, in the final four in 2018, I could begin to see all the similarities between that class that we have now, and some of them graduated, of course, but um, that class and the class of '63.
1: That's pretty special. So those are definitely some some wonderful memories. Um, Can you talk a little bit about uh, the Ignatian spirituality and what you've learned about that ever since uh, Mundelein merged with Loyola and even before then?
2: Oh, I'm glad you said even before then because um, I went to a BVM school for elementary school in San Francisco and for high school. And our sisters used to talk about the Jesuits, deeply devoted to them. And we learned about St. Ignatius, and we learned about St. Francis Xavier, and some of the other Jesuit saints. When we were in second and third grade, we knew about them. And then we even made a a retreat for our confirmation when we were in seventh grade, and that was directed by a Jesuit. So we were almost thinking that was the only group of young men, other <laughs> men that could uh, do anything good. It was sort of wow. sort of like the only football team we ever knew about in grade school and high school was the Notre Dame because the sisters were always praying for them. So they to go together. But um, uh, Jesuit spirituality is very important. Uh, I have to tell you, first of all, that was a Jesuit who helped our founders, Mother Mary Frances Clark, to get our constitutions approved in Rome. Oh, and wow. that, that was very important. And um, secondly, Father Damon, Arnold Damon, who founded Loyola in 1870, had invited our sisters to Chicago to teach uh, the immigrant children of the Italians who were very uh, coming over to Chicago for very great numbers and of course when our sisters got to Chicago to teach in that one school there were enough children to open five schools so we had a connection with the Jesuits all the time we've made Jesuit retreats and um, that was in the division we made two a year and when we were professed we made Jesuit retreats for many years there's something very special about Jesuit spirituality in that it's, it's actually livable. That's the way I like to talk about it when I talk to students. It's something you can do, and it's something you need to pray about, something you are already living when you went to a Jesuit high school or come to a Jesuit university and live the Jesuit values. You're, you're deepening your faith, and you're deepening what God wants you to do. And so it seems to me we have to spread this, word, this good word all the time, and I, I know we do that in our Jesuit institutions. And I think there's something very special about students, both young men and young women, who graduate from Jesuit institutions and also can wear a suit tape, suitcase tag that says, I'm Jesuit educated.
1: That's that's really true and I, I so appreciate what you what you're saying because it just goes to show that Ignatian spirituality, Jesuit education isn't you know just for for people who were brought up in in those types of schools. it's for everybody. It's completely accessible even if you've never been to a Jesuit school before, if you open up a book, you know the Jesuit guide to almost everything, you'll learn about it and you'll see how it can apply into your life and that also goes for regardless of your faith tradition too.
2: That's true, mm-hmm. Certainly.
0: So so you had been serving Sister Jean at Loyola a long time before you became an international celebrity. So I wanted to ask you about that time in your life and ministry uh, in 2018 during the men's basketball tournament uh, that as as you were serving as chaplain, there started to be all this attention uh, paid to you. And I was wondering what you learned through that experience of going from a chaplain for a basketball team to an international celebrity, seemingly overnight.
2: It was just about overnight because (laughs) when I woke up in the first morning after we broke our uh, after we uh, completed our first bracket, I said to myself, "Oh my goodness, this is for real. There's no dream about this at all." So I said, "I better get with it and just do what I'm supposed to be doing." And I have to say that it was just to kind of go with the flow. And I always, whatever I've done publicly or within the university or within Mundelein. If it's good for my community and good for Loyola, I'm willing to do it. And so that's how when we got all these requests for um, press conference, interviews, TV shows, all that kind of thing, we, we just kept saying, yes, we'll do those because we believe we also owe- owed somebody something to the people who were cheering for us all along too. And I'll tell you, it was just a wonderful ride all the way. And I lived through it this past year, relived it, I should say. And let me tell you, we think we're gonna be very good this year too. As long as we don't have, as long as we keep healthy, we'll be very good. And these young men who have joined us have the same culture as the team who got to the final four in 2018. And so we're ready to go again. We can hardly wait. Someone told me we're counting down the days now already. It's getting so close.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, that's pretty exciting. What advice would you give to all of those new uh, ramblers who will be starting this fall, along with all of the other non-basketball playing students beginning at Loyola and all across the country as they prepare for the next academic year?
2: I think what they have to do is just to remember that each you has receive special talents from God. If we had all forwards, that wouldn't be good. If we had all guards, that wouldn't be good either. We just have to work as a team. And that's the real answer to the question, I believe, because this team spirit is just ingrained in them now. And they don't care who makes the basket as long as the ball goes into it. And you'll notice that. And that's what people told me too when we were on our way to the Final Four. They noticed how good our young men were in sharing and in generosity. And that's where I say too that we also have, we can be compared to the class, the team of 1963. Because if you look back at the movies of that um, particular game that they played, they also had the same team spirit. And Porter Mosier, does so much for our young men. He, uh, They learn more than basketball from him. And I would say, too, that he has such an interest in each one of them, and that's what gets them along what they're doing. He knows when they're playing on the court, they've done something foolish, sometimes <laughs> that happens. He, he pulls them off the court, but then he puts them back in again. He lets them cool down a bit and then they're ready to go back in again. It's just the way he handles these young men and talks to them. So I think we're going to be good. I I just believe we have to be ourselves. We can't be anybody else. God made us to be the person he wanted us to be. And even though we admire other people, we can admire their talents and the skills that they have, but we can't be exactly like them. We just have to be who we are. That's true. In that's addition true. to
0: that's other... In addition to other students, uh, Sister Jean, sorry, in addition to basketball players, you mentored a number of students from all backgrounds uh, during your time there. Uh, What were some of the wisdom you'd want to pass along to young people who might be away from home for the first time? Uh, What are some things you think are important for college students in in general?
2: I think, first of all, they have to remember that they're starting a, a special part of their life's journey. It's very different from high school. Some of them take a little while to understand that. But after they get their first papers back, they realize there is a difference and that they're going to have to study harder than they did in high school. We want them to be involved in things that are going on at Loyola, to go to games, to join a club. And I say to them, now, when you go to that career fair and everything that we're opening up to you and the club fair, just join one. You're not going to have time. Otherwise... Your parents are going to say to you, what's the matter with your grades? And if you have to do a fifth year, they're going to say to you, that year is on you, unless you're in a special program where you get your master's in five years. I also think that they have to know that they have to pray. They should pray. Our model here is worship, work, and win. And so those words speak for themselves. And if you don't do one, you're not going to be able to get to the next step. And we, we do that when we pray in basketball. We, we pray before everything here. And then even though the prayer may be very simple or very short, we know that God is with us and regardless of our faith profession, we know that we have God here and he's on our side. And we just say, go Ramblers. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's terrific. I wanted just to ask one more question. Thinking back to, again, that that celebrity run you had, as you're saying, giving interviews to all kinds of people appearing on shows, why do you think it was a story that captured so many people's imagination?
2: I think, first of all, because it was our first time on the big dance floor, and we were going to be happy if we won our first game. And then when we kept going along and along, and then I had projected in my unofficial brackets. <laughs> I had predicted them going to the Sweet 16. And as soon as they got, played the game that got them higher to the Elite Eight, uh, Clayton Custer said to me as he got off the court with his nice, hot, sweat, sweaty body and said, Sister Jean, we just broke your back bracket. I said, keep on doing <laughs> it. But I think that, uh, I think the behavior of our young men also um, was a captivating thing for the fans who were watching us. And they, they said sensed that how good these young men are and they, that they truly are. They have a great spirit and they have this cohesiveness where they work together. And it amazed me when we were playing the um, Michigan how all the other teams were rooting for us to win that game. And when I saw that sea of blue of Kentucky and that arena with 72,000 people, I thought, please, God, don't let our team look up there. They've never seen that many people at one time in an arena. So give them strength to keep going and do what we have to do. So I just think that people just seem to like us. and then, But one of the things that other people didn't think about afterward was the pressure during the next season that they were putting on our young men to do this. And then we had injuries which prevented us from doing things. And you know what? Cinderella only had one chance. So if we become a Cinderella again, We'll break that record too. Mm.
0: (laughs) I think too, Sister Jean, you might be selling yourself short. I think people were drawn uh, to your story, even though so often in the media it's all about youth and seeing, you know, just who's young, like the youngest person they talk about. There are not many roles for actresses in hollywood after a certain age and i think you showed i think in your your care and concern for the players and just again your joy that you radiated throughout the entire experience uh, uh, about like how much we miss if we uh, discount um the wisdom of age and uh, how much we miss if we're if we're not paying attention to that and are ready to rush on to the next thing so i was really struck uh, by that part of it as well
2: well thank you thank you so much in fact, these young men talk about age, not only these young men but uh, who are athletes, but many of our students do. And they say to me, oh, Sister Jean, you know, you remind me of my grandmother. And I say, oh, wait a minute. Don't tell your grandmother that. Your grandmother's probably 60. I'm getting, I'm getting close to 100. So you better see your great-grandmother or your great grand Oh, my gosh. Well, that's pretty. It true, is. I mean, Gen, the
1: Gen Z is now uh, the generation that we're seeing on our campuses, and uh, certainly, I'm sure that's very true.
0: Right, born in mm-hmm. the year 2000 so. and after. Hard to believe, uh, college students born in 2000. Uh, Sister Jean, it's uh, admittedly a difficult time for the Catholic Church right now. Uh, in the midst of that, as someone who has seen uh, a whole century in the Church, what gives you hope for the future of the Catholic Church?
2: I hope that this young generation will be the future of the Catholic Church. I do a little thing at orientation every year. And when, at the end of my prayer and my uh, story that I tell them, I ask their parents to stand and put their hands over their children's heads and pray with me. And I call them the future leaders of the church, society, and the world. And I believe that they will be sometimes their parents are very concerned that they're not going to math or whatever, and I say, oh, don't worry. I have great faith in them. They're going to come back when they feel they need God. They're going to come back. And I, I'll be very disappointed if that doesn't happen. And for the whole Catholic Church, I think with Pope Francis at the head, I think we are so fortunate. First of all, he's a Jesuit. Secondly, he's the man of the hour, and the man for these times. And You notice he's always very peaceful looking. He may be having great struggles with certain things in the church, but I, I trust, I know that he's going to keep moving along and doing what he knows and thinks is best for people today. And sometimes people in authority like the Pope have opposition from other people with less authority. And so we have to kind of disregard that and just keep praying for him that he'll continue to do what he believes is best.
1: That's wonderful advice. And in my head, as you're describing this, Sister Jean, I'm thinking how wonderful it would be to have you and Pope Francis in the same room. That would be quite a photo opportunity. And I think that alone would be enough to bring more people back to church too.
2: <laughs> well, that would be sort of nice for me too, if, if that would happen. In fact, I I was just looking at um, something this morning where I saw, um, actually it was not a Jesuit magazine, it was a Marianist magazine, and um, this priest is 88 years old, and he was in Rome for the first time, and he got to meet Pope Francis, and they just embraced each other so uh, as great brothers and having known each other for a long time, and I thought to myself at that time, Deanna, well, wouldn't that be nice if I got to see Pope Francis? But I don't think that'll come about. We'll <laughs> see each other. Well, well, do you have
0: <laughs> any? Do you have any birthday wishes, though, if you can't see Pope Francis? Any wishes for your hundredth?
2: Well, I haven't even thought about wishes. I I just hope I can continue to be healthy, even though I'm still struggling along with um not being able to walk at this time, but I seem to be getting around fine with other people's assistance. I just wanna I just want to be able to walk and to get around and still do all the things I've done with the freedom that I've always had. I've had a lot of freedom in my life, even though I'm a sister of charity of the Blessed Virgin Mary and just I just love people so much that I like to be with them and I love to be with these young people. I always learn from them. I tell people, my my vocabulary changes every year. I have to know, learn new words. And sometimes they think they're new words. And I say, oh, you know what? We knew that in the 1920s.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. that's Yeah, that that's true. I, I find that myself as well, constantly having to keep up to date with uh, what the kids are saying these days. <laughs>
0: Well, Sister Jean, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a very happy birthday and a wonderful celebration. And uh, please uh, pray for us as we will be uh, praying for you.
2: Oh, I do appreciate that because every one of us needs prayers no matter what our status in life is, even Pope Francis. So we just need to pray for each other. And when you said AMDG in the beginning of this, I thought that was really neat. Do you know what? When I was in second grade, We had that at the top of our paper. Every paper we handed in had AMDG on it. And we were so proud to be able to say both in Latin and in English what that meant. And so we were like seven years old. So the Jesuits were with us all our lives. So God bless you and all the work that you do. And thank you for this
1: interview. Thank you. Be assured of our prayers for you.
0: Thank you. AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States and recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. The show is edited by Marcus Bleach. Our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Doris Sump, Becky Sindelar, and me. Connect with the Jesuits online at jesuits.org. We're on Twitter at Jesuit News, Instagram at we Are the Jesuits and facebook.com slash Jesuits. If you or someone you know is interested in discerning a vocation to join the Jesuits, visit us at beajesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at Jesuits.org. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire.